a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Welcome to Facebook Live with me, your host, Lee Lonsberry. Um, I still I still haven't quite like figured out how to uh, do a good Facebook Live. Uh, when I first got the assignment to do this and to give a little preview of each day's program, I had all these grand visions. I was going to try to uh, figure out how to like put graphics over my shoulder, uh, maybe a little thing here across the bottom that says like the topic that we're discussing. Uh, I have seen in other places where there will be like a scrolling uh, list of all of the, the questions that come in or comments uh, from folks like you. Anyway, I haven't got that all out. So Looks like you're stuck with me rambling on for a little while. <laughs> uh, uh, I do, of course, invite you uh, to offer any thoughts uh, or comments or questions or anything like that there in the uh, the comment section. I'll do my best to, to respond to those. Um, it, uh, uh, it helps me out, helps me kind of uh, organize my thoughts, as you have certainly come to understand uh, uh, and observe. Uh, I am very prone to tangents and rabbit holes and rambling off into various directions off topic and uh, off of uh, the plan I have. So the, the plan that I do have uh, for this little Facebook Live is uh, mainly it's a preview of my radio program, which airs uh, each day on KSL News Radio from 1 to 3. Uh, it's called Live Mic. You know, the mic is live. That's about as much that this that title <laughs> entails uh live mic the mic will be live i will be uh speaking i'd love of course to to hear from you each day these comments here are going to help me a lot um uh today we're going to cover a number of topics uh let me tell you first and foremost though that at 1:30 we will as we have been uh, every day hearing from state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn uh she uh as you have heard me rant and rave about uh, over the past few weeks is an absolute master. Uh, she is our own version of uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, if not even better suited uh, for the task at hand uh, here in the state of Utah. She each day delivers the updated data. She answers reporters' questions, even those reporters that are trying to, uh, you know, cause her to maybe disagree with the governor or give some contradiction. She is challenged every single day. And sometimes it is very clear that the reporters asking questions are uh, crafting their questions and tailoring their verbiage in an effort to uh, divide uh, Dr. Dunn from the, the spirit and attitude of the task force on which uh, she sits right now. And I admire her uh, for standing strong. I admire her for uh, her clear delivery of facts and data. Uh, you don't hear too many opinions expressed by uh, Dr. Dunn because opinion right now is not what we need. We need objective, 
uh, rationale and analysis to help us get through this whole uh, big coronavirus deal. Anyway, uh, that she will be addressing uh, media. I will air uh, that address uh, just after 1.30 on my program over on KSL News Radio. If you're here in Utah, uh, the, the radio frequency is 102.7 FM or 1160 AM. And then online, of course, you can listen at kslnewsradio.com and with your cell phone, either Android or Apple, whatever product you have, go to the App Store and download, please, the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. On there, you'll, of course, be able to hear my program. You can hear any program here broadcasted uh, on KSL News Radio. And today, in particular, at 1.30, you will have the chance to listen and even see, we'll, uh, we'll stream the video of uh, Dr. Angela Dunn as she shares the data uh, relating to the coronavirus today. I want to talk uh, about two things, really, on today's little Facebook Live here. One of them has to do with movie theaters, uh, and the other has to do with that protest that took place last weekend uh, in Salt Lake City. And we now finally have reaction by Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson. In fact, she just got off the air with uh, Dave Noriega and Debbie Janovic. Uh, They had a long conversation. She also addressed uh, the editorial board of the Deseret News. Uh, She has some thoughts. I want to kind of walk through those thoughts with you and uh, just see what you think. Uh, See what you, if you are on board with her attitude, if you side with the protesters, or if you find yourself, uh, if you find yourself anywhere in the in between uh, so i'll share with you some of my thoughts uh, but first let's talk about movie theaters <clears throat> i first became familiar with the beauty and magic of movie theaters in a small tiny town uh in western new york called geneseo uh there was a four screen uh, a four screen movie theater which is still there today uh still there today uh geneseo square cinemas it was called back when i was growing up uh, four little screens, uh, very simple and humble uh, seating. Uh, the tickets were inexpensive. I think I think the most I ever paid for a ticket there uh, when I was growing up was uh, I think two twenty five. Uh, and Hershey bars were a nickel. No, I don't mean to. <laughs> I don't mean to. And guess was one penny a gallon. <laughs> not that old. I know I am wearing this old man sweater, but <laughs> it's because it's cold, not because I'm old. Uh, so. Uh, that was that was my first exposure to movie theaters. I would go, my mom, it was such a treat when mom or dad uh, would, would take us to the movie theater. And sometimes if we were well behaved, it was a real special occasion. Uh, folks, they, they'd splurge and I'd get my hands on the, a little bit of popcorn or the uh, sweet tarts. Remember that candy? <clears throat> I would get to I'd get sweet tarts, sometimes a big uh, cup of soda, go in and watch movies. And I fell in love. I, I fell in love with the movie theaters right then. And uh, <laughs> oh, these comments are good. Uh, uh, you could buy pickles in theaters too, uh, my grandpa said. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, if Geneseo Square Cinemas sold pickles uh, when I was attending when I was young, uh, but I have seen pickles for sale uh, at truck stops across the country. I have uh, done a number of road trips over the past few years, and uh, for some reason there's always a jar of pickles on the counter. And a few times I've uh, reached in and scooped one up and bought one. Uh, pretty cool stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so why am I talking about movie theaters? Well, obviously, they're shut down across the country. <clears throat> and 
it was recently announced by uh, President Trump, uh, in fact, just the other day, that uh, in one of the early phases of the government's effort to reopen things and to reopen our nation for business, uh, it that movie theaters are included in one of the earlier phases. Now that's tough. Think about the spirit of the guidance we have been receiving over the past few weeks and months now about social distancing and uh, I don't need to explain it again. You and I are you and I are all uh, <laughs> uh, armchair epidemiologists now. Uh, so I don't need to explain to you all the rationale between the social distancing, but what uh, I can do is illustrate the difficulties that I think very naturally present themselves in the movie theater business when it comes to adhering to the guidance and the recommendations and in some places the orders and directives uh, in, that you and I are employing to uh, maintain social distancing and to flatten the curve and to reduce the strain on the hospitals and medical systems. So uh, what is to be done? How do you do it? <clears throat> there are a number of theaters around the country uh, which are starting to have those conversations. Some of the, uh, some of the methods I think are, are very much common sense. They're, imagine this, imagine the seating in a movie theater and what if you, instead of having row after row after row, you had essentially a checkers board or a chessboard uh, type setup where uh, every other seat uh, was maybe had some tape across it or I don't know, caution tape or whatever. But uh, folks were prohibited from sitting in every other seat. And so you get this checkerboard thing and hopefully that would lend itself to appropriate social distancing. So that's for the situation inside the movie theater. And then outside the theater, uh, very simple, very simple approach to things. You could scan your own ticket so there's not that point of contact interaction. The, uh, the restrooms would be uh, manned by, you know, folks uh, who were ensuring that the doors were all clean, that the handles were all clean, that everything uh, was, uh, was well taken care of on that sense. And then there is, of course, the idea of our peace of mind. You and I need to have peace of mind if we're going to return to uh, the movie theater. And I think that in an effort to accomplish that, there will be an overcompensation or an overabundance in cleaning staff. I think that as each movie turns off or each movie comes to an end, the lights go up and an army of cleaning crews uh, swoop in and take to the, the theater and make sure that it's all clean and it'll be visible. You and I will see this all happening. So that's the first thing. And if those, if those measures are comforting to you, that's wonderful and great. I am anxious for a presentation by folks so that I could be comfortable to go back in. I, I don't know at what age a child is okay seeing its first movie, but I've got this little baby Piper. She's about six months old. So it's probably a a little ways down the road, but I look forward to the day when I can take her to a movie theater. All again, all of that stemming back to those memories I formed when I was really young going to that tiny little movie theater. So that's that. And then uh, you have to know too that Hollywood has pretty much shut down as well. So once and if movie theaters across the country decide to reopen and if they install certain measures to make you and I comfortable as we go back into the theater, they also have the question of what are we going to show up on the screens? You know, what are we going to ask these customers to pay to come into our theaters and see? 
there will be a time I predict where you know big Hollywood blockbuster type movies will not be available, <clears throat> and yet movie theaters will be open. Uh, I know that the James, the new James Bond movie, There's No Time to Die, that is slated to be released soon. I'm very much looking forward to that, but I don't know if the big smart business types distributors who are making these movies available to us and putting them out in the movie theaters, I don't know if they want to release a film like that in a time where the capacity of each of these theaters is so diminished in an effort to maintain the social distancing. I'm not sure. Uh, I have been doing some speculating, and I think that we've seen some success on this front in the past. What if you reach back into the archives? You reach back, find some of the classics, or find some movies that uh, even maybe relatively recently have enjoyed much success. I think that that could be uh, exciting. I know when this, the, the Star Wars, okay, I have a confession. I have never seen a single Star Wars movie. Is that terrible? I've never seen one. But I'm you know, awake and alert and alive enough to know that recently there was some kind of Star Wars thing that happened a few months ago, and it was such a big deal that some of the movie theaters, including Megaplex here in Utah, they aired a back-to-back-to-back-to-back airing of uh, all of the Star Wars movies. And thinking way back to when the Harry Potter series ended, another confession, I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. Am I out of touch? When Harry Potter came to an end, I know that the same theaters were showing like a lock-in style back-to-back-to-back marathon of all those Harry Potter movies. I think that's pretty cool. And I'm not sure if I've got it in me to sit in a movie theater for 24 hours, but I would be willing to reach back in time and look and see some of the movies that I enjoyed when I was young. Uh, I've seen a number of comments here on the on the comment page that are saying, hey, drive in theaters, drive in movie theaters, drive in movie theaters. I'll tell you what, that is a wonderful idea. And in fact, this coming weekend, my wife and I and little baby Piper, we're going to try to track down a movie theater. I, I talked about this briefly yesterday, but there is an outfit down in Pleasant Grove, and they've got this figured out. There's a, I, I don't think it was a dollar theater, but I, I think they would categorize themselves as like a second run movie theater where the ticket prices are a little bit reduced. This is traditionally in the <laughs> in the before the coronavirus era world. They would make uh, they would offer movies that had been uh, you know they weren't first run movies. And you get in for a little bit cheaper. Anyway, they wanted to maintain operation. They wanted to continue offering folks the opportunity to watch movies in the coronavirus era. And so the story very briefly is they got creative and they built these structures where they could project movies and essentially made an impromptu drive-in movie theater. Right now, they've got some massive capacity, four screens running. Uh, they show multiple movies every night. They've even got the, the FM transmitters out there so you can tune into the movie you're viewing on your car, just like the drive-in theater. And they can accommodate hundreds and hundreds of vehicles. It's a wonderful thing. <clears throat> and so this suggestion of drive-ins, uh, that is great. I'm totally on board with that. Uh, and I do think it's a wonderful stopgap if some of these theaters, some of the traditional movie theaters, uh, the auditorium style, theaters want to, uh, you know, try to take advantage of the technologies they have and the resources that they have, uh, as is the case in Pleasant Grove. I think that's a wonderful thing. <clears throat> but that gets me back to the the question I asked a moment ago, what movies would you like to see <clears throat> played 
before you know Hollywood is churning out the big blockbusters again. What movies from yesterday would get you into the theater uh, paying a few bucks to sit there and watch something you saw when you were young? One of the one of the movies being played at the Pleasant Grove location. And my apologies to to the gentlemen who are running this thing. I have forgotten uh, the name. If one of you could do a little bit of googling for me and put it in the comments section, I'll I'll share it here. Uh, even the the website, I'd. Uh, <laughs> I'd share if, if someone can Google that for me. Uh, they're showing Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Incredible, wonderful, groundbreaking movie. Steven Spielberg, all that uh, uh, jazz, all that wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, CGI, and also like the robotics in there. Just a wonderful, beautiful movie. And, and so exciting. It takes me back to a time of life where I was just uh, starting to get excited about the bigness and the excitement associated with movies. It was more than just a story uh, that I was watching uh, on the moving picture screen, but I would, uh, it was an experience. And uh, Jurassic Park was one of the first movies that taught me. Uh, Tony's got us taken care of. Water Gardens in Pleasant Grove. Water Gardens in Pleasant Grove. Tony, thanks for that. Uh, that's the place uh, running the drive-in theater right now. And there may be others. If I, you know, that one got my attention because those folks talked to Doug Wright on Friday during the movie show. And it led me to Google over to their operation and, and check out the prices and times. And it's all fair. It's all fair, wonderful stuff. I'd invite you to check it out. But if there are any other drive-in movie theaters of which you are aware, uh, please uh, leave me a comment there. I would like to see Forrest Gump again. I would like to see, like I said, I've never seen a Star Wars movie. If they were to play those again, I, I would be, uh, I'd like to go see Star Wars. Um, oddly enough, I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see Dunkirk again. Uh, I saw that for the first time, interestingly enough, in a drive-in movie theater back on the East Coast. And uh, the sun hadn't quite set yet, and the audio was not so great. And as I shared my experience with others, I said, oh, no, 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 You need, you need, Lee, listen, you need the full uh, experience. You need the Dolby surround sound. You need a nice controlled setting. Uh, obviously, you can't have the setting sun over your shoulder. You need to see that in a movie theater. So if Dunkirk was uh, in the theaters again, I would certainly go see that. I would also like to see some movies from my childhood, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I would like to see. I would like to see The Goonies. I would like to see Gremlins. I would like to see uh, any of the National Lampoon movies. And I would like to see um, some scary movies. My mom, I'm sorry to say this, when I was very young, I was watching horror movies with my mom. Sometimes those horror movies were a little, let's say, not so age appropriate for my age at the time, but I've turned out relatively okay, you be the judge, and I have a soft spot in my heart. I have a little nostalgia uh, feeling when uh, I get to see, when I get to see uh, horror movies. So I could uh, maybe late nights on Fridays or something uh, at midnight, they show like the real scary stuff. I'd pay and go see that. Anyway, uh, I, I've rambled on long enough uh, on this. If you have any uh, theaters that you, or I'm sorry, any movies that you might like to see, uh, these are questions better asked on the movie show, but I am curious now. So I'll ask you, uh, what would get you back in the seats uh, until, you know, Hollywood is churning out the big blockbusters 
that we've been so accustomed to uh, paying big money to go see. Uh, I'd be interested to know. Leave me a note right there. Uh, one last thing I'll share with you uh, on this front is just to get us uh, or to give us a sense of time and how uh, things have played out over the past year. It was one year ago. This is crazy. One year ago, uh, you and I were standing in line to see Avengers Endgame. Think about that. Uh, if, if you saw that, you know that's going to be a, a you know, kind of a point in time for you to remember. One year ago, Avengers Endgame was in the theaters, and it was uh, such a different time. Man, I'd forgotten um, <clears throat> about what it was like before the coronavirus hit. <laughs> you and I were going to see blockbusters. I am anxious to see uh, how the movie theater industry handles things. We on uh, my program today uh, at about one twenty. I will be speaking with Blake Anderson. He's the president of Megaplex Theaters here in Utah. I'm going to talk to him about uh, the hit that the theater industry and his company in particular has sustained as a result of the coronavirus. He's uh, ready to share with us any of his plans going forward as various businesses open, including movie theaters, what uh, tactics will be employed by uh, his theaters, uh, and how will things look as uh, we start to become a movie-going people once again? Looking forward to that. Uh, and next, I, I want to talk just for a few minutes about what happened uh, over the weekend. Was that protest uh, here in Salt Lake City, where a number of folks, led by a former Salt Lake City police officer, uh, interestingly enough, uh, got a bunch of folks together, essentially saying that uh, you know these uh, directives and orders that have us in our homes and have so many businesses closed, it's a form of tyranny, and you know the people need to stand up and push back, and they got together in uh, so <laughs> they got together in big groups there meeting together at the rally. Uh, it was an unfortunate thing. I understand these pressures. Um, I, let me put it, let me be honest with you. I am lucky enough uh, not to be facing them firsthand. I, you know, due to technology and, and such like that, I'm able to continue working. This has been my <laughs> workplace for the past month and I'm very lucky to work for a company, KSL News Radio, uh, that allows me to continue working. That allows me to continue uh, you know, collecting a paycheck and being able to, to pay my bills and keep the rent uh, paid and food on the shelves and clothes on my back and uh, diapers on little baby Piper. Uh, I know that I am very lucky. I know that I am in a, a unique circumstance and that's not lost on me. Uh, and it's not lost on me either that I do have uh, a hard time uh, uh, relating to the stresses of those who gathered uh, at this rally over the weekend. I do understand your circumstances. I know that my personal behavior has been changed dramatically due to this coronavirus. I am not patronizing uh, various businesses around the state, which I was patronizing just uh, you know six months ago. I know that I'm not spending my money uh, where I used to spend, and that means that there are folks who are not collecting the paychecks uh, that they are accustomed to collecting. I get that some of your livelihoods are being threatened. I even get that there are industries that will be forever changed and businesses that will be forever closed. And my heart absolutely breaks for that. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think that 
a defiant act which contradicts all the guidance that we've received from people like Dr. Angela Dunn, who we will hear from again today at 1.30, who will again reiterate the value in social distancing, who will again reiterate the value uh, to human life that is coming as a result, or at least the benefit to, to human life and health that is coming as a result of our social distancing. And over the weekend, uh, some folks got together, about a thousand of them, got together at Washington Square to protest the uh, restrictions put in place by uh, various governments here in the state of Utah at different levels amid the global coronavirus pandemic. Well, the mayor of Salt Lake County has finally spoken out. She calls the gathering an egregious violation <clears throat> of the public health order, which she had put in place which banned mass gatherings and one of the interesting things to come uh, or one of the interesting things included in then uh, in her order was that to gather in the way that these protesters these some 1,000 protesters gathered at Washington Square over the weekend in Salt Lake City it made them vulnerable to or it, it exposed them to the possibility of fine or imprisonment. There was uh, criminal penalties attached to the order. And if you've been following the storyline and if you've been listening to Mary Wilson, uh, Mayor Wilson, as she addresses various media outlets to include uh, David Dejanovic on KSL News Radio just today, uh, you will learn that the the police officers uh, did not enforce the order uh, as it was laid out. There were uh, no arrests made. There were no citations handed out. There were no fines given. Um, and I disagree. I disagree with uh, the order being in place to begin with. I am more of the mind uh, and of the attitude held by Governor Gary Herbert, where if you present this information clearly, if you communicate the responsibility held by all of us Utahns to uh, do our best to flatten this curve and to put a stop to the spread of the coronavirus, uh, and that if we bear personally and feel uh, the responsibility to flatten that curve and to do all the good things necessary to uh, to bring about an end to this deal, that we will be motivated ourselves to uh, maintain the social distancing, continue the behavior, which is yielding results, good ones here in the state of Utah. I'm of that mind. I would not have been advising anyone here in Utah uh, to put in place an order which carried with it the force of law. And yet, uh, Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson did just that. And if I'm honest, I think that one of the motivating factors of these uh, 1,000 some odd individuals that gathered up at Washington Square over the weekend was essentially to call her bluff, to say, oh, you're going you're gonna to find us? You're going to find us and arrest us? All right, go ahead. Let's see you do it. Let it we're going to give you a reason to do it. And if you want to send in your, uh, your officers to arrest us, we are here peacefully ready to go. Well, that didn't happen. I think what happened was uh, uh, Mayor Wilson's bluff was called and that it was a bluff. Uh, she has said subsequently that, uh, you know, going forward, going forward, there may be uh, a more aggressive and strict enforcement of these laws uh, by police officers under her direction. We'll see 
Uh, if that is the case, uh, not sure what the future plans of this protest group are. Who knows if they're going to uh, go for round two this coming weekend? I don't know. Uh, but that's that. Uh, my very simple analysis of things uh, is that uh, a bluff was called, and we'll see how things uh, turn out. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of the words of Jenny Wilson today as she addressed uh, the Dave and Debbie on their program. They had a fascinating conversation. I want you to hear some of that. I'll air it again on my program today uh, between one and three. Uh, during that show, you'll also hear from Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist. Uh, who I have become just an absolute fan of. Her uh, expertise, what she brings to the table, is wonderful. It is calming. It is uh, comforting. And I think that comes from a place of great understanding and wisdom. So uh, tune in certainly for that. Uh, I'll ramble on for a little while. In addition, we have some cool stuff uh, coming up in addition to what I've discussed thus far. Um, I'm going to be talking to Jan Garbett, candidate for uh, governor here in the state of Utah. She's got a lawsuit dealing with the gathering of signatures. So we'll get uh, her explanation of things and, uh, and much more. That's all ahead on today's episode of Live Mike on KSL News Radio. One more time, uh, if you're in Salt Lake City, or I'm sorry, if you're in Utah, uh, it's 102.7 FM on the radio dial or 1160 AM online. You can get us at And if you are the app download and type, Go ahead and check that out, the KSL News Radio app on your Android device or your iPhone, powered by Any Hour Services. I'll see you there at 1 o'clock. That's it for today. Catch you again tomorrow.